0: you gonna die doing this dumb ass. Yeah, you fool. Open your mouth so I can give you this milk. Open your fing mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole and you need an asbestos diaper. To be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants, you ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. Uh, nobody's ever accused me of pulling any weapon on them. What? You told me to leave while I'm in my
1: order while you're making out with that slut.
0: Being in the industry with how much do you take on your face.
1: It's funny to hear a female talk about
2: slut.
0: Most of my sex
1: took place on camera. And oh my god! <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah.
0: This is terrible. I'm 46 years old. So you bring your kids. I had to, to take off my shoes to run. So kiss my black. Hey,
2: hold the presses. We just got some breaking news. How about me going to a meeting and doing this before I go? <laughs> Yeah, we will not be starting this program by snorting coke before we do it. Nope. That's uh dude, apparently nope. if you work if you're an NFL coach, that's what you do before meetings. That is not advised at iArt Media. They do not like that. Welcome to the Stansbury Show. Online for you at WRQK.com. Joined every morning by the able bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, I'm in a great mood today. Okay. No, I am. I'm in a All good right. mood today. It's Friday, so that's good. That's good. Right, so we got, like, what, I I believe it's 12 more times we have to address the fine city of Gannon, Ohio. That's it, and then we'll be going on. Before this prison sentence is released, and so that's pretty good. And yesterday, I finally, instead of like procrastinating to the last minute, I pulled the trigger on something I had been debating back and forth on, whether or not I was going to do it. And um, I don't really like doing legwork and stuff like that, so I went into the sales department, and my good buddy Kirsten back there decided to be my mom for the day and we got talking about the holiday and all that stuff i was like yeah I was like i'm thinking about going and visiting my family see my mom and my niece and all that so but i haven't booked my flight yet so she's sure enough she pulls up the website and blah 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 she's like how about i found you a flight leaving on the 22nd of, uh, of december you fly back on the 28th for
1: 368 dollars she's
2: like oh by the way you don't stop anywhere it's a direct flight both ways there and back
1: there and back 368 that's a winner that's a, yeah. that's, that's a good deal
2: so i upgraded and spent like another i think it's 22 dollars. so i could pick my seat nice. so i could be in the aisle and so now i'm going to vegas for christmas and it feels like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders like when i called my mom yesterday well texted let's be honest when i texted my mom yesterday and also my sister-in-law like it felt good like everybody was happy like oh my right. god this is gonna be great and I believe they're not telling my niece, so it's going to be like a little bit of like a surprise for her. I believe is what is what their plan is. So that's good. So I, I so I feel because my intention was to go, but what I was worried was going to happen, Fantone, is that I was going to say I was going to go, I was going to say I was going to go, and then I would never book the flight. And then I would have guilt over it over oh, yeah, of course. the holiday season. Like I you know, you hear people say a lot, and I'm one of these people. I don't have any regrets. That's a crazy statement. Of course you like you you're a human being, you've made disastrous mistakes in your life. I don't care how much you learned, if you don't regret it a little, I think there's something a little wrong with you. And so obviously having one parent that's no longer with us, you do regret interactions that you've had. And my mom's lived like fifteen years past my dad already, something like that. I think it's even more now. And so I was like, All right, dude, she's like seventy one. Like, get another Christmas in.
1: Right. And it, it, at this <laughs> you know? point, at this point, no, like, I'm sorry, another holiday. At this point, you just do have to, like, recognize that, like, things are decent between you two right now. Yeah, things are She's great. She's towards the end of her life. Breathe deep while Fingers you can. Crossed. You know what I'm saying? Like She's near the end in. of
2: her life. Fingers crossed, Emoji. No, I'm kidding. I, uh, you know, I, I have always said this somewhere. Not always said it, but I have been saying it, that. Somewhere along the line, my my beef with my mom went from she didn't cook me dinner when I was a kid, wasn't a great cook, and she's not she's not like great at it. To she was like the worst parent ever, and she really wasn't. My both my parents were actually pretty good. You know what I mean? They they raised me pretty right for the most part. Now I went off the rails.
1: I was gonna say. <laughs> not not. Couple not, things went wrong there.
2: <laughs> not everything's on them. You know what I mean? Ultimately, I'm a personal responsibility guy, but I am happy. That I was able to get that done. She was very ecstatic yesterday.
1: Yeah, I'm sure she is, man. I'm sure she's excited to see her uh, see her youngest boy there. So I haven't even requested the time off from work yet. <laughs> That's yeah, how I was going to say. So oh, how I well, here's okay. the thing. I don't good? care. Okay.
2: No, I realized yesterday when I didn't leave here until 2 o'clock in the afternoon because I was doing other people favors that I was like, you know what? I, for as good at this as I have been occasionally... Occasionally, <laughs>
1: we get we get a one out of five. I don't do. say
2: no enough, and I don't put my foot down enough, and I don't get assertive enough in certain situations, and so it's just going to be like, I don't care. No, we we have the time off. It's at that time around the year. I'm taking it. He, you're not saying
1: that no. he's pretty good about letting us have time off around the holidays without necessarily making us take time off for some reason. He'll just be like, Yeah, don't show up to work tomorrow. You guys are going to be fine. so I think we're going to be okay. Um, but no, I'm glad you did, man. I think you're taking a. Uh, I think you're taking a step towards like you know bridging that. Gap between you and your family out west. It's been like, four years. Yeah, dude. I mean, why not go out there?
2: It's been four years since I seen him. And honestly, then I started thinking about. it. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty excited because then I can go like hike Red Rock Canyon again, and I can go to one of those. Um, th- there's like. These places called Top Golf, right. which it's like, it, it's a driving range, but it, I don't know, it's like a bar and all this stuff, so Vegas has one of those, I'm interested to see that. My brother and I will be in the casino watching football, making bets, that'll be fun. Legal weed
1: is out there now. That's that is exciting. true. You're gonna, dude, you're going to have to come back with a full report of like, yo, this is what it's like, Marijuana, the marijuana report from Nevada. I'll tell you right right now,
2: you just made me very happy. Uh. No, you just made me, because I realized uh-huh. this, I've been excited about Vegas, now almost 24 hours. And I never once thought Didn't about that. Didn't even think of that. Never even thought of it. So that's like icing on like yeah. the Vegas cake.
1: Yeah, and it's not even icing. It's weed. Like, it's marijuana sprinkled on top of a cake.
2: You know what? Speaking of that, <laughs> 845 this morning, Gordon Ramsey. Is making some pretty bold claims about what goes on in the restaurant industry. And Fantones worked in what fifty six restaurants?
1: A bajillion <laughs> of them, dude. Uh, just a, a, an infinite amount of restaurants I've worked in.
2: So eight forty five, we'll get into that. Nine thirty, we have Vince Neal tickets. We'll pass those out. Seven o'clock this morning, actually. Uh, Mark Munch Bishop will join us. Munch on sports weekdays at three. Fox Sports thirteen fifty and everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm you very, can tell they made me say that.
1: I'm very excited to talk to Munch. Um, number one, you've got the Indians implosion. I want to get his thoughts on that. What he thinks about the season. Um, uh, number two, the uh, the follies of the Browns and what he thinks could possibly come out of Sunday as a win. I got a theory on that, okay. and, and, and and I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm
2: reaching in my theory because I don't want to have to give up on the on the Hugh experiment. Okay. And then I want to be able to continue being a Hugh guy, and I got a theory on Kaiser and that whole okay. thing, and I want to ask Munch if I'm right.
1: One of the things that with the Browns that I want to talk to Munch about is this is the first time the defense will be full power. Jamie Collins is back, Danny Shelton's back, Miles Garrett is back. Is that going to make a difference in this game or not? Munch will tell us at 7 o'clock. And also with the Cavaliers, um, you know, what J.R. Smith said, what Tristan Thompson said, Dwayne Wade in the starting lineup, there's plenty of Northeast Ohio sports to talk about. Yeah, Skip Bayless was saying yesterday, like, as soon as that deal was made, the writing was on the wall, and J.R. had to
2: know. And, you know, I know national media wants to make it sound like this is going to drive a wedge, but I don't think it does. If In, in a lot of other situations, I think it does. But J.R., to his credit, has shown an ability to lean on LeBron James for emotional stability and keep it on track. And Andy won a title by doing it. And I think that there's been a, a change in JR, hopefully. Now, I thought that maybe him and Derek Rose out on the town together could turn into something bad potentially for the Cavaliers. And now maybe if JR is a little mad, maybe, the, maybe there's more life in that. But he has shown an ability to listen to LeBron and take leadership cues from LeBron and it's worked out, and so until it doesn't work out, I have to give Jr. the benefit of the doubt. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say a lot of what we're a lot of what we're 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 putting him through is like, well, what you used to do, and it's like hands no, and butts, right? Everything that I've shown you, ever, all of my behavior, not my reputation, but my behavior, has shown you counter to that. It's like I have no reason to doubt the guy, but you know, maybe Munch has a different. Blind well, who knows? So you
2: know what I mean? Like the, you know, some people say a leopard can't change the spots, and like we'll see. I mean, you know, people are prone to missteps. We'll see how that works. But as of right now. Um I, I think Skip Bayless just needs things to say.
1: And of course, and I mean the, you the ultimate I mean? LeBron hater, so. Well, yeah, the, the the, uh, hater.
2: And there there is that. There's he that. Uh, he is he is not a he is not a he is not a LeBron believer. That is uh, totally true. So, a couple of things, not one but two different things came out about Pornhub this last week okay. and I found them both to be interesting. We'll uh, pass that information out next on Rock 6-9. Welcome back to the Radio Show. We'll talk to Munch on Sports, 7 o'clock this morning. You can catch Munch weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports 1350 everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I just found out during the break that today happens to be the birthday of the better half of Matthew Fantone.
1: Indeed. So happy birthday, Megan. Yeah. I don't know if she's awake yet. Probably not. She has a day off today. Oh, good for her. And it just happened to be that way, too. It's not like she's one of those, like, oh, it's my birthday week. I'm gonna, It's my birthday. No, like, she just had the day off work today, so hopefully she's sleeping in. But happy birthday, babe. Are you guys doing anything? Like, what's the celebration? Um, I know. I was like, well, babe, what do you want for your birthday? And she's like will you just take me shopping? And I'm like, yeah, we'll go do that later in the afternoon. So we're doing that. Then we're having dinner with our parents after that. And then oh, probably, cool. probably drinks after that. So That's a good birthday. That's yeah, good enough, right? Yeah, once you get over like 25, right. it's like, what What am I really right. doing for my birthday? Right. There's no need to over, you know, overdo things. I mean, it's not like either one of us are... No, you you know, live together. Person,
2: I mean, you know right? what I mean? Like, why put yourself in the poorhouse over a gift? You know what I mean? When it's like, eh, why don't we just...
1: Right. Why don't we save our money, and, like work towards future goals and do those Pay sort of things? Pay the rent. Right. You know, be adults. Let's right. do yeah, that let's stuff. Take care of stuff.
0: Yeah.
2: Happy birthday. You know that's crazy because when you first meet your girlfriend, you would think she's like
1: a week long birthday celebration. It's my birthday month, and like well, you got to remember, man. I when I first met my girlfriend and when I first started dating my girlfriend, she was twenty three, so it probably was that way back then. Yeah, I guess I could like, be. Yeah. You know, and and now you know three three and a half years later, it's uh you know dude you know when you're living with your parents and going to college, it's like, yeah, oh my gosh, it's my birthday week and celebrate anything money. that doesn't involve them <laughs> right and now it's like, nope, we have to pay bills, so like no, she's definitely uh, matured in the past three and a half years in that in that sense there, well so. that's good
2: for you buddy yeah. i um so since the fact that you have a living girlfriend I would imagine that you probably use Pornhub a lot less than some other people who might be listening to the program. Uh, probably less,
1: you know. I mean, I don't want to sound like a uh, like a snob, but yeah, I'm a little bit less. I mean, so this week we found out that
2: millions, most people who were using Pornhub actually were hacked over for over a year in a malware attack. And what it would do is it would come up and it would prompt people for, like, a whatever web browser you were using. Okay. It would say, you need to update this web browser. And people just go,
1: okay, well, I'll update my web browser. And, no, that was a, that was a total hack. And, like, millions of people were exposed to it. Like, any, any other thing on the Internet standing in the way of you masturbating, you're like, yeah, whatever, manage storage, yeah, I don't care, whatever, exactly. press that button, yeah, accept the terms, conditions, <laughs> I don't care.
2: Why is this box so small? Get I want to click it faster. Right. Well, now in much better news for well for Pornhub anyway is that they announced that they're launching an AI powered server, and essentially what this for is for is so it will better detect porn stars in like the clips you're watching. Okay. So now your searching features will get much much more accurate. They say, yeah. and so I want to pause here and examine this because if this if the search results aren't good enough for you right now. Step away from the keyboard, right? Like the search results, like, dude, nothing runs or hums like online porn. Nothing. No other business in America runs as well as online free, by the way, pornography. And that's why, honestly, I am so afraid of online porn. If this was any other form of entertainment, the government would step in and shut it down immediately. If you were stealing music in movies like this, and you were, and then what happened? They put En-ROADS in to stop it. Nobody cares about porn. Watch all the porn you want, steal all the porn you want. Why? Why? Is it because I'm doing it with my computer and you know it's a way you can get everything you want from me? And dude, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, right? But porn is like, dude, porn's pretty great. Like if there's some, and it's sex, it's addiction-based, meaning what? You'll spend money if you had to.
1: Well, uh, yes. Uh, the thing I'm going to say about it is, though, is they've already got pretty deep claws into you. You're already on Facebook, which is giving up all of your personal information. You're already on Google, which is giving up all that came after your, porn. A lot of your stuff. Yeah, but I mean, these three things together—Google, Facebook, and porn—they do. Those get, things
2: came well after they, porn. They
1: get a very good picture of you as, like, as, as they're looking into you. You so, could
2: get free porn in 1996 on the internet. You didn't get. Fa- I didn't get a Facebook account till 2009. Like, dude, I'm. telling you, online porn's the hook. I'm so afraid of it because if you were getting anything else you enjoyed this much for free with no interruption, think about it. Does that sound like that makes sense to you? Other than this program, what do you get for free that's that good? Radio, right? And it is a little bit of a scam. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. We are a little bit of a scam. Radio totally is. I'm telling you, man, that's what makes me... And again, if you need the research, if you need the search results to be better than they are today on Pornhub, I'm telling you, you need a week away in like the woods, like just go, dude, get centered back with Earth. I worry about the fact that you're not going to be able to see for a little while. A woman was charged with assault on a police officer, and wait till you hear how that happens next on Rock 106. Nine. And welcome back to the Sands Radio Show on Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports, seven o'clock. Catch Munch weekdays at three on Fox Sports 1350 everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I got a theory on the Browns and why I maybe not have to give up the Hughes a decent coach angle just yet. Okay. Now I, I may be way wrong, but I have a theory on something, right. and um, I, I alluded to it on yesterday's program. But after thinking about it more, I'm like, yeah, I, I think maybe I'm right on that. Okay. So we'll find out from Munch if I am right on that. Also, 930, we'll send you to see Vince Neil at the Hard Rock Rocksina. I saw a meme during the break, and I have been very critical since the creation of these things on them. I feel like most of the time they're filled with half-truths and barroom logic, and there's no context in them. And usually there's a very, very easy argument on the other side of whatever it is you just
1: said in a meme. I feel like for the most part, they're very much like a uh, like a crappy stand-up comedian, where it's like, oh yeah, what he's saying is kind of true, I guess. And if I hear it enough times, I guess maybe it's kind of funny. But like by the time you hear that or see that, you know, for the thirty eighth time, it's like, God, dude, what? what, Why are we all sharing this? Why do we feel
2: like we have to tell this joke? That's exactly how I felt watching Jerry Seinfeld's new stand-up special on Netflix yesterday. Really? Exactly. He went back to like the comic strip in New York where he started his career, and he did a bunch of his old material. And when he was telling stories and stuff, he was funny. And it was still, I mean, he's Jerry Seinfeld, so it was funny. But it wasn't what you remember. It wasn't as good as you remember him.
1: Um, but, I mean, it's 2017. And I, you really have to think, though. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, Seinfeld was a, a big, big stand-up comedian. But, like, it, you don't look back and think of, like, any specials of his. You look back and no, it's think the of the show. show. it's like, the show. It's,
2: it, I mean, and then the show was his was his act. But, yes, it's more the show than his act. But this meme I saw... Says, remember when Dan Quayle couldn't spell potato and we all felt like that's a good enough reason for you not to be president? Yeah. <laughs> says, this meme says, maybe we should be a little bit more like that. Yeah. And I was like, all right, there's some, there's some truth in that one. There's some truth in that one. But I don't want to get bogged down in all that. A no. woman here was charged with assault. And uh, Oklahoma City, this is. And a police officer was responding to a call about a vehicle with a suspected drunk driver in it, okay? Okay. And so he sees the vehicle matching uh, the description, and he attempts to pull it over, all right? This is around 545, uh, back on the 9th, all right? Uh, As soon as she saw the cop, she did the, I'm very guilty, please pull me over thing, which is slammed on the brakes and locked up the tires on the vehicle, meaning, oh, no... He sees me. I'm probably driving too fast. Let me slam on these brakes. Yeah, because okay?
1: cops they'll never be like, "Oh dude, you hit the brakes, you know pfft, by doesn't the time. Even matter. by the time you've seen
2: them, if you slam it even if you're just speeding down 77, if you, if they if you've seen them, that gun has already got you. So slam it on the bra first, first of all, not only that, the front end of your car completely di- you know what I mean like th- just give it up. you're caught at that point, right So he turns on the emergency lights And then is like chasing her now at this point because she took off. Seventy-five miles per hour they reached, right? right. She ran a stop sign, and then like hit a gravel road, and then she like kind of slammed into a rock there. Okay. He gets out of the vehicle, draws his firearm, of course, because he's like, "Well, what the hell's going on here? Person just ran from me. They might be completely dangerous, right?" So then she rolls the window down, throws a Modelo beer can out of the window. A Modelo. Yeah. Okay. Which is good by the way. I like this. The driver then put the vehicle into reverse and backed it away from the rock. She attempted to drive away from him and then was like yelling at him, obviously, right? So several other cops then show up. They demand the woman gets out. She got out of the vehicle without putting the car into the park. So she just opens the door, walks out. Car just starts drifting down the road. Then she raised her fist aggressively, they claim. And then another officer behind her then takes her down to the ground. So they're trying to get her into custody and she grabbed one of the cops by the testicles oh. and squeezed them in an aggressive manner. Oh. Apparently, they put her in the patrol car. She began slamming her head against the cage. They were trying to restrain her from hitting her head, and apparently she struck an officer in the head with her knee. But she, like, had the guy by, literally by the balls, like, squeezing them. And I thought to myself, God, if you were ever going to tase anyone, right? Right? You got the taser right there on your hip and a woman's got your balls in like a vice grip. Why I mean, right?
1: I wonder, I mean, like, as a cop, you know, you're wearing a bulletproof vest because you're like, dude, I don't know, maybe I'm gonna get shot today. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I mean,
2: Well, wait, I mean, aren't football players always, I mean, you guys all laughed at me when I said, what, football players aren't wearing cups, and you're like, God, no, it's impossible to run in those things.
1: Yeah, they don't. I mean, like, NFL, it's not required gear there, so. Yeah, everybody
2: laughed at me, I remember.
1: I don't know, dude. The fact that it's 2017, and the best system that we've come up with, testicle protection, is a -a once-a-month shower groping of yourself, and a plastic cup that you hold it in, how have we not gotten something better than that, guys? What are we doing with ourselves, scientists?
2: I would like to uh, address my genitals right now and say, hey, guys, you're lucky you get more than a once-a-month cupping and, and thorough check. You guys are apparently, dude, you guys are pretty lucky. I guess. Well I guess, above the national average.
1: I guess you couldn't put cups on them, but still, like, that's, dude, that's a... You,
2: It is weird that there is no, like, underwear with, like, a plastic shield ah. put in there now at this point. I mean, yeah. as a guy who wears boxer briefs, there's definitely enough slack in the... Uh, in the fabric there where you could slip something in there. Although it would be on... Unc- but you're right for cops because imagine when you're trying to like restrain... How many times have you seen like live PD where like a woman tries to kick a cop in the balls? Because right. every woman knows, right. oh my god, I'm in an interaction with a man. This is like the first trick they go to. It's like a kick to the nuts. I just couldn't believe she didn't get tased. And I thought to myself I was like, I wonder if it's a man like leave race out of it. If it's just, it's like, but I would imagine they arrest men and women differently, right? If that's a man grabbing tased? you by the balls, I bet the man gets tased, right?
1: See, and like I'm imagining that she had like a handful and like had a grip on him too. So yeah, dude, I don't know what I, I mean. Well,
2: it doesn't give me the race of the officer, so I don't know if it was a handful or not. <laughs> it may have been.
1: We'll talk to Munch on
2: Sports. That happens next on the Stan'sbury Show. We got To Show on Rock 106.9. We do it every Friday at seven o'clock. We talk to Mark Munch Bishop. Catch him weekdays at three on Fox Sports 1350. Everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. He asked for a little Judas Priest as a lead-in. So there it is, Mark Munch Bishop. How are you, buddy?
0: Brother, I am great, and thank golly that today, this my sound weird at first, said, today is the day we do this, because yesterday, I don't mind telling you, I was devastated, Dan and Matt. In fact, Stansbury, I'll tell you this, is that rarely, you know, I'm a five, six-hour sleep guy, that's just what I need, but uh, yesterday I got back from doing the show, I was out by 9 p.m. till about 5.30 this morning, Oh, that's two days' worth of sleep for me. And I think I slept off the tried hangover. I really do. And it was a natural hangover with bad baseball.
2: Well, I, I it was some bad baseball. I can't lie. And I said this the other night, that mistakes were made. In this series, there's no doubt about it. But they still won more games in a row than any other team in baseball. They made history, and anytime you make history, that's special to me. I'm not. I don't buy into this. Well, it means nothing now. I told people all day yesterday. You ask the nacho guy, the beer guy, the valets, the you know the, the, the lemonade guy. You ask the restaurants near Progressive Field. Did it mean anything to them? Because it did. And so I hate that kind of mentality. And I saw a lot of people jumping off the Tito bandwagon and wanting to move off of Tito. And I got to be honest with you, Munch. I think it's a crazy move. Am I right or are the haters? on Twitter right?
0: Number one, no. The haters on Twitter are not right in any way, shape, or form. And one person bouts their mind and it's like, like lemmings. Let's all jump off the cliff together. Dan, I want to back up with you because, number one, you're exactly right about this tree. Now, I'm talking about you know, a team that media people in every city told me the World Series goes through them. So that's right. why I was devastated Wednesday night. Uh, some of the stars, I know they lose together. That's why the guys are stars. They rise up. However, to tell me The feeling we had, Stansberry, during that 22-game winning streak means nothing. Then you know what? You can kiss it where the sun don't shine, okay? Because as that streak went on, every day was glorious. Every day was joyous. Every day we were biting our nails. I only got seven to bite, but I'll take them. But think about this, too. The day that we lost the streak, Dan, and I told this to you, is that I got street baller buddies from the old days, called me crying from across the country, saying, dude, I've never seen anything like it. The team came out and clapped and saluted the fans in the stands. No, man, to say that didn't mean anything that is just flat-out stupid, to move away from Tito you know, the best manager in baseball that's even more whack you know and I'll stand side by side with you we'll throw down if we have to yeah. you know verbally with whatever way
2: those games were sold out and the Indians were having problems selling tickets after going to the World Series last year to tell me that those games didn't mean anything because you don't get a title that's crybaby menti- that mentality and I just can't I, I just can't do it I, I had to move off of Tito which is probably the best manager slash head coach we have in the town I think that's pretty much easy to say I think it would be a stupid Stupid, stupid move. I, I just don't like that move at all.
1: Uh, Munch, hey, what you, I think we're looking Go for, ahead, bud. I think we're looking for a lot of answers in this. You know, everybody felt that after last year's run, it was inevitable. The Indians were going back. And one of the things that I think that was most glaring in this series that we lost in the last three games and really, you know, game two as well um, was the pitching just kind of fell apart. And Corey Kluber as our ace, you know, that's where the buck stops. Is there something wrong physically with him or what happened in this series with him?
0: There will be no excuses, guys. Okay, now, I want to take you back to the uh, the one nothing game. What an unbelievable baseball game. Guys, those are going to happen. The pitchers are going to lock horns. The guys are going to carry the lumber back. That one I'll flip the coin on. But uh, you hit it on the head in uh, game four with uh, the errors, and then game five, Guys, there will be no excuses whatsoever. and It's going to come out sooner or later. They started catching wind yesterday that Kluber's back was acting up again. He won't say a word about it. The Indians won't say a word about it. Uh, would, would he have treatment or anything? I do not know. But, you know, you look back at the game, he threw two good pitches. Now, you can lose a game on one bad pitch. But what shocked me with his pitching, well, I'm going to use a big word, guys, with his pitching acumen is that think about this. He threw the same pitch. Twice to be glorious that he hit for home runs. Kluber has never thrown the same pitch. And a guy gets out to a batter in two years.
2: There was a guy on Fox Sports the other day. His name's Joel Klatt. Now he's their college football guy. But he was making um, the accusation before the game, actually, that if you look at Corey Kluber's history, that in big games he fails out. That he's not a big game pitcher. Do you
0: buy into that? Not at all. Not at all. I'd like to see that history. I mean, come on. Last year, if you're going to use that, my gosh, Dad, let's run a marathon. And 10 minutes later, they go, hey, guys, the bus left. you got to run the five miles back to where right. he started. Uh-uh. Last year, come on. He was running on fumes and did that for the team. I don't buy that in any way, shape, or form. In fact, when you look at his record, isn't he a guy who stops, quote-unquote, losing streaks if there isn't even a losing streak with this team? Nah, you know what? If you're asking me personally, I do not. Can there be some numbers, perhaps, to back that up? But I always say, do not get too scattered out.
1: What do the uh, what do the Indians look like next year as we sit here going into an off season, a longer off season than any of us? I hope believe it's for. just gonna be the block C. <laughs> I think it's just the
2: block C is how they're well, gonna look.
1: Let me rephrase it then. What is the Indians <laughs> what does the
0: Indians roster look like next year, Munch? Well, you know what think about this. The Indians roster and I'm gonna to toss this up similar to Cavs, it'll be better. We could not have Bradley Zimmer, one of the rising stars of baseball. A lot of people want to jettison Michael Brantley, but healthy. He's one of the best players in the game. I know it's a big console, a big up kind of like Grady Sizemore was. But the bottom line is, this roster will even be better. Will Greg Allen be suited for big league pitching? Will Francisco Mejia be ready to roll? In fact, you know if he could hit, he's a pure hitter. They've been playing him a lot at third base, although as a catcher, you know, he's got a laser, but Perez came up, yet yeah, the roster at next year will even be better. But guys, remember this. This is why I always respected the Illich family and the Detroit Tigers. Don't at me for saying that, because as seasons came towards the end, they realized, Guess you've heard me say this on one one occasion, the window of opportunity closes quickly, and that's why I don't care about draft choices. in the the This is next year. That's why I think I was so heartbroken yesterday yeah, with the, the Indians falling. Because does next year ever come? it's like free beer tomorrow. Tell me where, okay? <laughs> tell me to come back the next day. But I do think the roster will be even better, guys.
2: We're talking to Munch on Sports. Catch them weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports 1350. Munch, I'm going to move sports now. We'll head over to, uh, well, Brownstown. And <laughs> they, uh, thanks. They, they've now sat Kaiser, and they're going with Hogan. And I've been a Hugh guy from the beginning, and I think maybe that, This is me not wanting to have to give up on that. But I'm starting to feel like maybe Hugh never wanted to start Kaiser. And Hugh's one of these coaches in the league that yes, once the game once the ball's kicked off at one o'clock, he's the coach, but the rest of the week he's not. And he's got no executive decision making power whatsoever. I feel like he's like a little bit of a lame duck. And maybe he really always wanted to start somebody over Kaiser. And that's why he is now benching him and moving to Hogan. Do you think I'm right on that or am
0: I or am I reaching? You're partially right. Here's why. Okay. During the week, okay, he will have game day decisions on who's starting this okay. and that. Thank God, although it makes me cringe when uh, he says, oh, I'm going to sit and talk to the front office guys about starting this guy. Or that guy, please don't do that. You. you don't know anything about football, okay? Contract, it's for a baseball guy, and I don't know what the other guys have done. But the bottom line is this, is that after last Sunday, I saw some pressure. Whether You know, it wasn't imagined that all of a sudden he's thinking, you know what, I'm 1-20. I have to win some football games. Hot Hogan seat. gives us the best chance right now. And, Dan, you're exactly right. Because even though there are teams that have started rookies, i.e. Wentz, think about it, Deshaun Watson wasn't even, quote, unquote, the original starter with Texas Savage right. was, and we can go on and on. Golf wasn't the original starter with the Rams, and now looks unfreaking believable. Hugh was hoping that an Osweiler, Or a Kessler, of course, chosen by Sashi and those guys, and he took the bullet for him. Third-round draft choice, well, let's waste another one, okay? Not even active on Sundays. Was hoping that they would show him a little something. A little something. Now, what I've seen from Kaiser, there's times I'm thinking they had to show him more than that. But right now, he just wants to win a game or two. And I... Understand Kaiser's big, young, strong, big arm. Uh, the inaccuracy he had in college is rareness, ugly. It is. He audibilized for that pitch. It's like baseball—you don't throw the ball around more than you need to. And guys, I don't mind telling you, and it, it broke my heart. But last Sunday, when Kyle Temple humbled that pitch, and everybody's blaming Kaiser. Why well, blame him for the play? If you touch a ball, you catch it, okay? Right. I got up, I left, I just said I'm not going to do this again wow. on a Sunday wow. and uh, came back and just hung out and watched it with the family.
1: The Munch man leaving a game, dude. That's just, something. Just steal <laughs> yeah. lunch pail in hand, yes. walk that's, it home. That's something. Uh, Munch, one of the points of optimism, I hope, for the Browns this weekend is that the defense will finally be at full power as Jamie Collins is returning. Uh, Miles Garrett's going to be out there. Danny Shelton as well. Do you see that making any difference against the Texans? No.
0: <laughs> ask, I love okay, you much. Collins makes Schobert and Kirksey look better than just no. average linebackers okay but uh, Jason McCourty has proven he is the only DB that can cover somebody but as long as Greg Williams plays his DBs 30 yards back because they can't pass cover that bang no to me it's not going to make that much of a difference should Darren have another sack or two I would hope so a number one overall, needs to make an impact. Heck, the first three days, uh, the first, or the first two days, first, second, and third rounders should be starting and playing. You know what? By them playing, it makes the score 31-13 in favor of Texas instead of 45-13.
2: We're talking to Munch on Sports. Catch him weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports 1350 everywhere in on the iHeartRadio at Munch, i got a couple of Cavs questions for you here. Um, yes, should, sir. So, LeBron, they say he's re-aggravated his injury. Should we just sit him for the opener?
0: Do you know what, I as mean, much as f- it pains me to say, and even more so, as much as it pains me to say when people would, you, you've heard about dynamic pricing, right? Yeah. Uh, you're talking loud, seats 450 dollars 50 apiece for that game. <laughs> it hurts, but if he's hurt, he cannot play. Okay, if he's injured, pardon me. Sure. If you're hurt, you suck it up, and you play. If he's injured, yeah, because ankles, guys, you see them. They linger. Oh, they yeah. last a
2: long, long time. Look at, look at shocking.
0: It shows Go ahead
2: well, look at Durant. You know what I mean? He sat out how long because of that? And so I, I don't want that situation with LeBron. I agree with you. I think if he's hurt or injured, rather, I think you do sit him. Now, let me ask you about the J.R. Smith situation, because I know the national yes. pundits are trying to drive a wedge here, and that you know Skip Bayless was saying, well, you know, as soon as that deal with Dwayne Wade was made, J.R. Smith had to know, and now he's coming off the bench, and some people are saying, yeah, he admits that he's aggravated, but I think that's just a guy who's saying the right thing, like, yeah, dude, I want to play. I'm an NBA player. I want to play. But understands what, what What's Going to happen is this going to be a chemistry issue for the Cavs or no?
0: Absolutely not. And do you know what? Like you it. hit it again, bro. Bro hug over the phone, okay? <laughs> is that JR for him to say he wants to play? Don't just doesn't he? Yeah, I don't like me. And, and I know it was a while back, but when the Indians and Marlins were in the World Series, they pulled Charlie Nagy out of the starting rotation. He kind of went like a sheep to the slaughter, you know what I mean? Sure. He should have came out and said, I want what's best for the team, but damn it. Don't you dare take the ball out of my hand. I will support anyone who's out there. Heck yes. You want JR to say you want to play? Heck yes. He's a competitor. Heck yes. You know what? JR does owe it to LeBron though, because most people didn't think he would still be in the league. That's right. And all I know is this that's one heck of a dude and a fine, fine cat. I want him in a foxhole. I want him in the alley behind the bar after closing, okay? I want him on my side.
1: No no question about it, dude. That's totally who you want on your side of the dark alley. Absolutely. That's Munch on Sports. Catch him weekdays at 3
2: on Fox Sports 1350 everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Munch, thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you again next
0: Friday. And thank you guys for rocking me.
2: No problem. So the NFL's been all in the news. Oh, my God, everybody's disrespecting the flag. Well, it turns out somebody of major importance disrespected the flag yesterday. We'll fill you in next on Rock 106.9. Dan
1: Stansberry. And his boy, Wunter Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry
2: Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the stands Show. I'm Rock 1069. I want to thank Mark, Mark Munch Bishop again for joining the program every uh, Friday at 7 o'clock. He just makes me laugh, that guy. He, Munch, uh, the defense full power. Going to make a difference? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> just the best ever, dude. He's the best. He, uh, I can't believe left left the Browns game. It just feels like that's almost like sacrilege. The dude's been through, like, decades of crappy Browns action, and the team this year is so bad. Now he's leaving games. Yeah. Wow. I mean I've been I, I can't even count. Wow.
2: Honestly, how many Browns games I've been to with, with that guy. Cause when we were in promotions together. Like we had to go to the game every Sunday, and so it was like three years straight. I went to every home game with him.
1: Now I understand being disappointed after the Indians lost because it's like, dude, uh, that was not supposed to happen. But we all knew the Browns were gonna suck, but they're sucking so bad. Our buddy Munch is off the ship. Uh, you can hear Scott frustration and Scott from waiting for next year. Uh, our buddy Dustin, it, dude, he's always about to jump off the Hall of Fame Bridge. Don't do it, buddy. I, dude, I just, it's, it's mind-boggling. Don't do it. I drive home that way, and I can't have. <laughs> (laughs) the traffic diversion today. I can't have. It's Friday. It's just blowing me away that like diehards, guys who are deep wool, you know, dyed in the wool guys are are, are handing in their cards here. Browns, you're awful. Yikes. I'm excited to watch on Sunday
2: though. I'll be watching. I'll be watching too. I'll say I won't and then there I'll be nachos sitting on the couch watching. it. But football's Kind of what we're going to talk about here because there's been a lot made about disrespecting the flag and the anthem protests and all this, rough, okay. right? All right? And I think everybody's got great points on both sides. There's, you know, there's solid arguments on both sides or whatever. Okay. But the president has spoken out about this and feels, you know, I, I believe some of the language was sons of bitches mm-hmm. and teams should fire guys and like that whole thing. And then that's really when the football players like double down and said, whoa, wait a minute. The president's attacking us. We're all going to try to be unified against the president. You should have seen that one coming.
1: And I mean, this conversation has morphed so many times that, like, yeah, guys who probably would have never knelt or never joined arms or never raised their fist up all of a sudden felt like they were being attacked and they needed to. So I can understand why, like... A lot of people have been put in situations that they might not necessarily have thought they were going to be in. Absolutely.
2: There are a lot of football players who are like, I don't know how I got into this, but what? here I am. Everybody what? everybody in my line of work is sucked into this thing now, and so I'm just going with the flow. I agree. I think that happens. Okay. Right? But Trump's been kind of like ramping up the, that's very anti-American, and you're disrespecting the flag and the military and all that. Right? And I, again, before we get into this, I just want to say, like, I am not a Donald Trump hater. I'm not. I did not vote for him, so you know where... You know, my biases or whatever. I did not vote for him, but I felt like I had a gun to my head and I was making the choice of lesser of two evils, really. I was no Hillary lover either, right? But now the president has got himself in a little bit of hot water because the other day, after like rallying against professional athletes over this stuff, he joked on Wednesday about a bugle call that is part of the armed forces' time-honored tradition of showing respect to the stars and stripes. Apparently, this occurred during Trump's interview with Fox News host Sean Hannity. It was being done in an airplane hangar used by the Pennsylvania Air National Guard in Harrisburg and before his address on tax revision. And so Trump says to Hannity, what a nice sound that is. Are they playing that for you or for me? Then he turns to the audience, they're playing that in honor of his ratings, he added, talking to Hannity. Or about Hannity, rather. He went back into speaking about economic growth as several audience members behind him stood up and the bugle call was retreat. Which signifies the lowering of the American flag on a military installation. Now, people are pointing out Trump attended military high school. and now the Commander of Chief apparently is unaware of this music's meaning. So, I think it's I think it's weird for a guy to be so vocal about disrespecting the flag. And the country about the national anthem and then to have this happen to him like if you're gonna be out there and i believe he has the right to have the opinion that that it's disrespectful to the flag and to the nation to kneel that's you can have that opinion but if you're gonna be so vocal about it and you're gonna be staunch and you're gonna dig your heels in then you can't get caught doing stuff like this and not expect people to to draw the line of, of of hypocrisy. Like, that's crazy. Like, you gotta draw that line.
1: I mean, people, you know, since this really took off a couple of weeks ago, have started pointing out different areas where it's like, you guys claim that this is... Is, is an honor of the military Is every time that you salute the flag It's an honor of the military What about the other 90 aspects of the flag code That get, get, get ignored Yeah, track on a straight basis. across
2: the ground And you know, so we, like, we make t-shirts out of it And so, we do all the stuff right. So
1: is this really about respecting of the country Respecting of the flag, respecting of the troops Respecting of police officers Or is this a, is this about other issues
2: it, 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 it at first started to land that way For me as anti-military Because I'm one of these people Whether it be right or wrong I kind of and I heard like Moose Johnson say this the other day is that there's like a triad here of like service members, the flag, and the national anthem, and somehow those all three things go together for me. And I don't know if that's the way it's supposed to be or not, but I don't know. Maybe it's just the America I grew up in or what I was taught, maybe. But like those three, I have a hard time separating those three things away from one another. I just can't do it. And I think that's why a lot of people were made to be uncomfortable for this. And that's perfectly fine. If you're uncomfortable by the anthem protest, that's perfectly fine. But I think it's a little strange that the, that the leader of the free world wants to be this vocal about it, then does this at a military function, essentially, at a speech he's giving, and it, it, he like just comes off unaware of what the protocol is.
1: Yeah, not even that, like, hey, I didn't hear it, and I didn't necessarily put it together in my it. mind. Right, but, like, makes a joke about it. Oh, they're playing it for him. No, they're playing it for the flag, which is the most important thing on the face of the planet, apparently.
2: So, I don't know how he gets back out there today, gets the thumbs going on Twitter, and expects to double down. Like, again, I want to remind does you. does it. I'm That's how ju- he does it. I'm just, I'm not a Trump just hater guy. I'm not. But I can't, I mean, y- you get that there's hypocrisy in this one, Right. Like he can't, and I don't even think he's necessarily 100% wrong on the anthem protest. But this shoots his whole, this shoots a hole in his boat on the argument for sure, right? Like I'm a logical person. Like I always say, you're never gonna get me in the Republican box. You're never gonna get me in the Democratic box. I don't like being put in boxes. I like being able to think for myself. People are right on both sides. I'll decide where I am at in the middle of all that because I feel like that's where logic lives. Is in the middle, right? Now, maybe I'm wrong, but for me, that's dude, I'm 41 years in. I ain't changing it. You know what I mean? This is who I am. I'm a finished product. We're done baking. And so I just, I, I don't know how I don't say to him, like, well, dude, you might have to shut up about that NFL thing for, like, a week, right? Like, at least, like, I mean, I don't know, in, in two days after that, I mean, here we are, and the reason why I'm talking, dude, we're sitting here, it's Friday. So what happens two days
1: from now? Games. Did anything happen last night The Thursday night game Do you know of I don't I, You
2: know I woke in I, I I walked in this morning I didn't even see the score Of the game Until the, until I got to the office I have no idea What happened in last night's game To be honest with you And I would imagine Not much Because I'm not seeing it everywhere Right And so I don't know Is that indicative Of the American people Are like you know what I'm done talking about this On Facebook Which I would doubt yeah. I, would, I
1: would doubt I would doubt that was it. Yeah, especially after it was like, yo, you're not going to do this, there, and now it's a week later. Yeah, I mean, no, there's no way we're done talking about it, so maybe nothing happened. It's going to be interesting to see what he says now, but I, I, it's
2: just, as a guy who was digging his heels in about how anti-American it is, and he's got a vice president who flew across the country just to leave, and we knew, we found out, we, we knew early he was going to do it, and all this stuff, all this staging, and, and it's just, I, there is hypocrisy here. There is, and and again, as a non-Trump hater, but if this were Obama, people would be accusing me of not discussing it because because it was secretly you support him. So you're not you're you're not exposing the light on that.
1: Well, secretly, Stansberry's a Muslim terrorist. I don't even know if he was born here. I was has, born I was born in Garfield Heights. Has anybody seen the birth certificate of Stansbury? Marymount anybody? Hospital, December twenty fifth,
2: nineteen seventy six. I have no time. I have no idea what time it was, but I bet I was thirty pounds coming out.
1: I was two feet coming out, dude. 24 inches of baby.
2: You're a lot more inches of baby now.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what everybody's thinking.
2: Yeah, all right, it's Friday morning, right? So a lot of yeah. you probably aren't at work yet. You're waking up going, you know, it's Friday. I don't really want to go. Maybe you want to call off for of work. Well, if you do, I got the best excuse ever. We'll give it to you next on Rock
1: 1069. The Stans Show. Rock
2: 106.9 106.9 And welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9 Online at WRQK.com Miss Mark Munch Bishop Podcast at 10 a.m. this morning He had some good insight Some good insight on the Cavaliers Also the Browns this weekend Does not think the defense uh,
1: full power Will make a difference No, not. no he did not He dismissed that one pretty quickly it. That was pretty funny stuff um, Now that she's awake Just want to take a second to Say happy birthday to my girlfriend again She's listening now so okay. Oh, happy birthday Megan so,
2: as the weekend is staring you in the face, a lot of you might be thinking about calling off work this morning. Yeah. And I can't blame you. I want to do it a lot, but I just have one of those jobs where you just can't call off at of work. I don't care if you're sick. You still just got to wake up and go do it. It's just the expectations of this position. But a lot of you want to call off work, and I totally get it. And a college freshman was doing the same thing. Now, this time, uh, this is across the pond in England. Okay. So, some of this language, you might be like, what? What the hell does that mean?
1: Oh, bloody right. Fish and chips. Okay. But
2: okay. he... uh he was, he got a new job at a bar, this kid did, college right. freshman. And his training session was supposed to start the next morning at 10 a.m. Okay. And he then ends up texting his boss and telling his boss, look, man, not going to be able to make it. And he kept it real and gave him the 100 percent truth.
1: Uh, see, the thing is like that day one, it almost doesn't matter what the excuse is. You can have a flat tire, you can have, you know, my kids vomiting, you can have a million different excuses that are valid on your day. First any day on the job, day. you gotta go. Yeah, but first
2: day you gotta yeah, go. Yeah, first day on the job, you gotta go. Unless you're okay not having that job.
1: Right. I, I mean, if right. something
2: happened and you're like, well, I just, you know, I'll find another job, then that's on you. But you're probably going to get let go if you call
1: off on your first day. And rightfully so. Yeah. So I'd like to know what this kid thought was such a uh, was such a valid reason. So
2: he, uh, so, so he texts his boss at like 3.30 in the morning. Okay. He's supposed to start at 10 a.m. All right. so and he all right. says, Yoel, I know, which is I-N-O, it's the first shift tomorrow, he abbreviates that word, but I'm back in the halls, meaning like his uh, dorm rooms, okay. with two birds from Digi, which again is, I guess, a slang for something over there, and won't make it for training at 10 a.m. You look like a top shagger yourself, mate. So I understand. I hope you understand my situation. If not, then thanks for the chance. But a man's got to do what a man's got to do. He signed up at 3:37 a.m. with Ross X, basically telling his boss, "Look, I know I'm supposed to start at 10 a.m., but it's a quarter to four, and I got yeah. two chicks in my dorm room, yeah. and I got a threesome staring me in the face. I'm
1: not coming." Now, well, mean, maybe I am, but not to work. I know, I know that it's all these millennial kids. They don't have any work ethic. They don't want to go to work. And in most cases, Well, dude, two chicks is
2: work ethic. Is- Dude, that takes
1: work. It's, in most cases, I would say you're right. But, dude, any guy out there that's listening who has not experienced that would 100% be like, sorry, not coming in." I don't care work. if a guy's
2: done it 25 times. He's going to be like, yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm doing this.
1: Especially you have to think, too. I mean, this isn't like a career job. It's not like this guy was turning down his first job at, or, you know, his first day at like a law firm. It's a bar job. Right. And, like, there is a little bit of, dude, you can go get another bar job. You're not necessarily going to be able to pull off another threesome. Like, you've got the opportunity opportunity in front of you. Take it while you got
2: it. That's true. A threesome is one of those things where if you catch one in the wild, you don't, it's not a catch and release system.
1: Like, you you, you
2: know what I mean? That one you mount on the wall
1: or the mattress. And here's the thing is that like, you're not going to have other opportunities at that. You're not going to like once you're out of college and you're like, all right, well, you know, I've, uh, you know, I've started my job. I've started my life. Those things just aren't as frequent. So I can't blame this kid at all. Not even slightly. No. Yeah. I would have done the same thing. He's like 19
2: years old. Yeah. I would have. I would have totally done the same thing at nineteen. Like, here's the thing: would I call off today for a threesome? No, but I'd be late. You know what I mean? Like, show starts at six thirty. Sorry, your boy's late. You know what I mean? I would absolutely do that. Uh, you can't pass one of those up in the wild. I absolutely agree. Roger Goodell's wife now is in the crosshairs. And uh, so we're, we're going to talk to you a little bit about this And a little bit about Rose McGowan And what I think it means for Twitter and social media All that next on Rock 106.9 The
1: Stansbury Show Alright, I like it I like it, I love it. I love it. Rock
2: 106.9 Hey guys, you guys, Stansberry here for North Kenton Collision The folks you call if you've been in a collision Big 106.9 And welcome back to The Stansberry Show When you're way into the Vince Neal Show, 9.30 He's playing the Hard Rock Roxy Northfield Park Tickets went on sale Well no, they go on sale this morning 10am yep. We'll get you hooked up at 9.30 that shows in January at the Hard Rock. We'll send you. So, I got a couple of different stories here about Twitter. Okay. And I felt like they were pretty interesting. At Stansbury shows how you find me, and at Fantone's how you find him on Twitter, by the way, as we're going to discuss the platform. Okay. But yesterday it came out that Roger Goodell's wife uses like a fake alias to respond to like NFL writers and stuff who bitch about her husband. And this got discovered. <sighs> and this is a bad look for everybody involved, but mostly it's a bad look for Twitter. This is very much to me. Like when Kevin Durant had been exposed for using a fake Twitter account, a fake name on Twitter to respond back to haters. And a fellow broadcaster for Fox Sports, Jason Whitlock, pointed out that all this does is prove that Twitter's 100% fake. Because if you want to be who you really are, people shame you for it and hate you for it and demand that you lose your job for it and everything else like that. So when you want to say something real, and you don't, want the, you don't want the clap back to be on you, you hide. See, like, the internet goes in circles. It started, when the internet came out, it was, like, kooks and pedophiles who were on it. And Like, if you want to learn how to build a bomb or, like, sleep with your neighbor's kid, that's who was hanging out on the internet. And that's why everybody used fake names and all this stuff. And, whatever. and then it became, like, no, let's just tell everybody everything about all of ourselves, and I'll air my diary online. And then it became using your real name. But now, because of how heated the climate is on social media, if you want to speak truth... You got to hide behind a fake name. I think it just exposes the fraud that is Twitter and the mentality that is on Twitter.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be fake aliases on anything. I mean, there's plenty of fake Facebook profiles. You know what I'm saying? But X-book, you know,
2: Xbox Live, and yeah, right. pe- some people don't want their real name out there. Some of it is that I would agree.
1: Um, I just can't wrap my head around being in the situation where you would. Uh, Create a fake profile to engage With haters now if Kevin Durant was like You know what dude I'm gonna come up with a fake Twitter Profile and like if somebody's like yo I love Kevin Durant then you can tweet at Him and like maybe get like an ego boost But if you're out there like fighting With people like I'm sure Roger Goodell's Wife was fighting with people who were talking crap About him that just seems Like such a waste of time A waste of energy a waste of like Emotion like why would you do that Well it speaks to who you are I think too like you know,
2: Rob Parker, again, was he was saying about Kevin Durant, it's like, you know, dude, you just won an NBA title, you got a mansion, right. you got all this money, like, if you're sitting in your basement tweeting at haters under a fake profile, like, it
1: speaks to, like, a sad life. Right. I mean, like, I, Roger Goodell's wife. I mean, the guy's what was it? Twenty million a year, fifteen million a year, forty-four something? million dollars a year. He $44 makes forty-four million dollars a year. So it's not. I believe, right? It's not like it's not like it's not like she doesn't have other ways to fill up her day, lady. And I mean, I guess maybe you can make the argument of well, she doesn't. She's just sitting around in a mansion by herself, hearing people talk crap about her husband. It's yeah, but like, start a
2: foundation. I'm sure right? she does. I'm sure she has well, one. I mean, I'm sure she does. But like, run the foundation, right? I mean, right? like,
1: I, I, I can understand if you, as his wife, was like, dude. You know, people talk so much ill about my husband, and it's all online, and it's these public forums, and people, you know, get get this misconception about who he And they think they is. know, and so, they don't. Right. So hearing all those things and knowing all those things, if she said, you know, we get paid handsomely, you know, I'm going to start an anti-online bullying foundation... That makes sense to me. Okay, you're trying to reduce that. You're trying to, you know, use a personal
2: experience. And say, mm-hmm. look, look at what happens to Roger. Right. I'm sure this happens
1: to a lot of you. We would like to see less of this. That's a good idea. This is Roger Goodell. Now, if it's just some kid in the seventh grade named Roger getting made fun of, we got to stand up for him. But to stand up for the commissioner of what's arguably the, like one of the biggest corporations on the face of the planet, not right now. I, 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 mind-boggling.
2: What are you doing, lady? Yeah, I thought. That, I, I just think. Doing? I think it's interesting, and I think it points to like, look, like, dude. Like a lot of what you see on the site and the virtual, sig- you know, the virtue signaling and all this stuff—it's all fake. Nobody believes any of this stuff.
1: And 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 how fake must it have been? When somebody was coming at you for coming at Roger Goodell Because nobody likes that dude Nobody's like, you know who I'm going to stand up for today is Roger Goodell I'm the
2: one guy who does kind of get his back and say Look, he's just the guy who makes the trains run on time And that's why everybody hates him
1: Right, but you're not out there If somebody's tweeting at NFL, yo, Roger Goodell sucks You're not going to be like I'm not the shield for Roger Roger Goodell I'm just,
2: you know, sometimes I feel like people just like to hate people just to hate on him And so sometimes I like to get his back when I think people are being unfair to the guy
1: Undeniably, he's done a good job. The NFL has, has you know, skyrocketed as he's been the commissioner. Of up until it. this
2: last little stint, but with this, honestly, I don't know if this is. A, you can blame this on him. We both claim though that they, they should have cleaned up some of this during the offseason. season. There was definitely an opportunity to clean some
1: of this up. Big picture, though, three years from now, when this is all behind not going to it's still going to be Roger Goodell. I and agree. The NFL is still going to be on top of the. World. I mean,
2: they, dude, all the owners have issues with him. A lot of the players have issues with him, and they just met like what two months ago to give the guy a raise. So, I I don't. And to extend his contract, I don't think he's going anywhere.
1: Now, people, you know, I mean, not as much as Kevin Durant or Roger Goodell, but people will definitely say things about you or about I and in you know social media, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. Would you ever feel compelled, or would you ever even like? I know you don't have a girlfriend, but like if your hypothetical wife. Was like, yo, I'm starting this Facebook account And I'm going to start standing up for you wouldn't No need to remind me I'm lonely right there, by the way <laughs> No need, you, none Wouldn't you have a serious issue with that from your position? If somebody was, like, caping up for me, I mean? If, if the future Mrs. Stansberry, future ex-Mrs. Stansberry Was, was, made a fake Facebook account Made a fake Twitter account Made a fake Snapchat account And it was all in the name of standing up for you And keeping the online haters away Wouldn't, wouldn't, I? that would make me mad
2: It would make me mad. I've said plenty of times um, that I've had conversations with women that I've dated while doing this. That Look, this is my situation. I understand your desire to want to protect me. I don't need you to protect me. And I always tell women who I date the same thing. If you engage with the listener, I, have, I lose ground to protect you. I always say to the audience, know your boundaries. I'm, I, I love the fact that you guys wanna listen, you wanna interact, you wanna know more about our lives and this and that, and I'm all for it. I'm one of the most open radio guys I think there is. Like, I'm pretty, you know, clear, and I'm like, I'll hang out with you all. Be, dude, I go golfing with listeners. Dude, a guy, a guy hit me up in an email three years ago, asked me to play golf randomly, my buddy Seth, and now we're like, you know, the best of friends. So like I'm pretty approachable But I always tell women Like that I date Like don't do this Because then you're Now you've inserted yourself Into the product And then I can't protect you
1: And I It makes me kind of Scratch my head too That there's people in, you know, was Karen Goodell or whatever his wife's name is. Yeah, I don't know um, her name. I'm sorry. And Kevin Durant. And it's like, you guys have to know that it's pretty easy to get through a fake Twitter account. It's not like this like indecipherable cold code. It's not like, oh man, I've really put the effort in to hide myself. Like I get it if you're some dummy in Maslin who's behind the Maslin.com Twitter account or whatever. Wow. Shots fired. There you go. Shots fired. I, I mean, I get that why you'd hide behind something, but like, dude, you're Celebrities, you guys have to know this is going to catch up to you. So now Twitter's
2: got another problem, okay?
1: All
2: right. Let alone the fakeness that's on it, and I think people are starting to wise up to it a little bit. I, I, it's a little slower than I would like, but I think people are starting to wise up to it. But now Rose McGowan, actress, who once upon a time was married to local boy of Marilyn Manson, I oh believe yeah. I believe, no longer is. Oh yeah. And she was an actress. She was in a couple of things in the CW. She did a couple of Affleck movies, and she was pretty big at Miramax in the early 90s, right? And so she had made the allegation that Harvey Weinstein, the the head of Miramax and the Weinstein company, had raped her, right? And Twitter suspended her account because I believe she used a private phone number of his and posted it, which again, violates their terms of use. But now what's happening is because people want to be so against Harvey Weinstein, people are taking, are caping up now for Rose McGowan on Twitter, and there's now a hashtag movement, which is Women Boycott Twitter. And women are saying, look, we're not boycotting this because we hate it. We think this platform is great, but it could be better. Well, better isn't allowing people to to, to throw out you know personal phone numbers and, and letting that happen. That's not better. But I think this is going to be a problem for Twitter because primarily who's on Twitter? It's the leftist it's, it's, a, it's a definitely a platform, at least it seems to be for me. I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I read too much into it, but it definitely feels liberal leaning to me and that's a guy coming from a guy who leans left, but a lot of times I read Twitter and I'm like, "Oh my God, just chain yourself to the tree already, sissy. Like there's a lot of stuff that I, I read like that. That's coming from a guy who leans left. and I think if if those, if those people start to feel as if they don't they they don't feel connected to your platform because of this stuff this could be hurting they already lose members every month
1: um, but they continue to stay open. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's felt like since the beginning of all this, it's like, well, they're not making any money. They're never doing anything. But they continue to, to have the platform. So, I, I mean, yes, losing people is not a good thing. At the same time, I don't know if this is going to be like the bullet in it that's
2: like, no, I don't think this is the bullet. I don't think this is, the, you know, this is the straw. But I think this is starting to walk us down that path. And maybe this is me being optimistic. Maybe this is me wishful thinking. But I kind of would like, as a guy who's on all this stuff, but again, tells you all the time. I only do it really because it, it, it creates opportunities for my business, but I would like to see us. Like I always say things go in cycles, man. I would like to see people go, you know what? This internet thing is ruining me. Like, you know, somebody said to me yesterday, my, my friend Megan, actually, uh, she's like, I know you hate memes, but take a look at this. I want to know what you think about this. And she sent it to me and it said, you remember back in the day when you were in chat rooms, you would type BRB, which meant be right back. And you would type that because you were going to step away from the computer. It's like nobody types that anymore. We never leave. We live here now. And I thought to myself, "Wow, that's actually a profound statement." Because there I was, I like sitting there thinking, "Oh,
1: that's crazy." And I was like, "Well, really? I've been staring into the screen for the last 16 minutes." Toothpaste isn't going back in the tube. I know what you're saying, and boy, it's it'd be nice. But like,
2: I don't know, dude. Everybody says that. Everybody says that, but everything goes in cycles like that. I could see, you know, I love the late 2000s on VH1 and people are like, back in the day we were walking into manholes because we couldn't stop looking at this device in our hand. Maybe. And may, like I said, maybe it's wishful thinking, but the, the the lying and the false flagging and the pretending and the virtue signaling all over Twitter, I think it is starting to get nauseating for a lot of people and you're not being authentic. That's the whole thing. The whole thing was in the beginning, well, I'll just tweet out what I think and it'll be authentic. And it'll be me but it's not authentic because if you don't follow the narrative of what everybody wants to pretend they're so seriously behind you're then attacked for being the opposite thing there's no it's turned us into it's I always say it it's the digital Roman Coliseum is what social media is you're just all out there waiting to thumbs up or thumbs down and find out whether or not somebody's career lives or dies and it's a little strange that we feast off the bones like that but I guess that's human nature and that's probably not going anywhere anytime soon anyway uh, another Another issue hitting social media is fake news, right? A lot of people think that's why we ended up, you know, with the election that we had and all this stuff. And, you know, fake news is permeating social media. Facebook thinks they have fixed it. We'll tell you how next on Rock
1: 106.9. 106.9.
2: And welcome back to the Zansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Nine. 9.30, we'll pass out a pair of tickets to check out Vince Neal. He'll be at the Hard Rock Rocksino in Northfield Park in January, and so will you. Those tickets went on—no, don't go on sale until about 10 a.m. this morning. You can beat the box office with us at 930 this morning. 1-800-243-7625 on those. Fantone, I thought John Cena's whole thing was that I could not see him.
1: You can't, dude. You, you you look for him. You try to find him. Cena, he's nowhere to be found. Then why am I watching a video at WRQK.com of him butt-chugging a beer? That's a good question, Stansberry. I, I can didn't post that up. Why are you
2: watching I, that be, video? <laughs> because I posted in the Stansbury <laughs> Show section. Of WRQK.com And I'm watching John Cena butt chug a beer I've also just tweeted it out At Stansbury Show You'll be able to see it there I'm going to post it at Facebook right here Momentarily Facebook.com slash Stansbury Show Yeah, I thought this whole thing was I'm not able to see him And then sure enough there he is Center screen Apparently this is for some new movies Called Blockers I don't know about that movie I don't know about John Cena But I know a lot of uh, I know a lot of listeners of the program Big wrestling fans So I figured Cena probably Would do well for us Oh, I'm being told uh, Roger Goodell's wife is hot, and apparently she was on Fox News for a while back in the early 2000s.
1: Who would have ever guessed that Roger Goodell's wife would be hot? Never would have thought that. And boy, a guy making 40 million dollars a year—never oh, thought. I mean, would he worry. wasn't what always making 40 million. I, I'm sure he was always doing all
2: right for himself, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, his dad, um, yeah. his dad was a politician, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm willing to bet. Yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> there were probably some. Uh, yeah, there's probably some money in that family. I would probably, imagine. I would say she was probably attracted to that. Yeah, the chicks, they seem to like the money there. That's not the worst. From what I've been told, I've never had any, so I don't know how the hell I would ever know, but that's what I hear. So, you hear fake news a lot, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I I said once, not, not that long ago, that, you know, people make fun of the fake news thing. They make fun of Trumpers for saying fake news as if that whole NBC News thing didn't happen. You know what I mean? Remember where the guy faked the news?
1: Battle thing. We're talking about Brian Williams? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it that there's going to be you know lies there's going to be people who who do things but i think the problem is is when you just scream it at everything you disagree with it's not like hey here's evidence of like something fake that happened that the news got wrong and maliciously lied about it's just like hey i don't like what you're saying to me therefore i'm going to say fake news i
2: Th- agree that's a huge problem i think part of the issue there though is is that people have a complete distrust of the media right now and i don't think that that's completely unwarranted i really don't i think um and, and i was arguing this with somebody The other day, and they said, "Well, you're the media." And I said, "Well, not really." And here's why: back in the day, I would be considered to have been employed by a media company, but would refer you to the news department for factual information. What has happened is, is with the explosion of cable and you know all this stuff that they fill airtime and opinion heads. Viewers look at opinion heads as news media and the companies realize that and they allow you to do it so it's partially them and it's partially us the viewer it is partially the company's fault because they know what's happening and they're just standing idly by going they think this person's a journalist and it's not and so that's how the fake news culture is happening and the companies are doing that because they know it'll drive more eyeballs to the products they're going to make money and ceos no matter what the company is are probably ultimately at the end of the day have bad intentions right and so that's just the way it goes But fake news, I I was told, is what led to President Donald Trump being elected. That that Russia was like in you know infiltrating Facebook and like these fake stories kept going around about Hillary Clinton and like that's what ended up you know having a lot of people voting for Donald Trump. Um, Which I don't necessarily buy the logic of because the left's been screaming since the election. Well, she got three more million votes. So I don't know how much of that stuff really happened
1: by focusing it on places like Michigan and, and Wisconsin, where that's where like the difference was made. That's where the electoral college was. You know, that's the swing. Okay, there. so
2: their argument that it wasn't geared to the entire country, that they were, it was like hyper defined.
1: Yeah. Okay. It, all right. It,
2: well, then that, that may hold up. That may hold. up. I don't know. I haven't seen enough evidence for me to say, well, yeah, that's a definitely what happened. But I do believe that we live in a culture where people post things that they didn't read or check out for themselves. I do totally buy that. Do it all the time. I see it all the time. I see it every day, right? Now, Facebook says that their new fake news banner label, essentially, is what it is on an article. They've seen it in, in application. It will help reduce the spread of a fake story by 80%, they claim. BuzzFeed got an email sent by Facebook. They got their hands on it. And what Facebook has done here, it's a third-party fact-checking fact checking system, right? Okay. And I know what's going to happen is that people are going to say, well, no, Facebook, they're on one side of things. And so I don't care if they say it's third-party. It's not. And they're going to still be biased towards one side or the other. And honestly, I agree with you. As a guy who leans left, I agree with you. I think Zuckerberg will definitely use this down the line to help him and his narrative just like everybody else. I do believe that. I don't trust Mark Zuckerberg as far as I can throw him. I really don't. All right? But basically what it is is, like, here's the news headline, and then underneath it there's, like, a red, like, box. And it's got, like, you know, a little triangle with, like, the exclamation point in it basically saying, like, hold up here. And then right next to it it says, disputed by third-party fact checkers. And I get how this will work. Is that it's basically saying in the bed of like the headline, this isn't necessarily real, and you won't post that to your Facebook page because it doesn't help you say, "Well, look, there's an article, must be true."
1: Um. So less sharing is going to happen. They've already said they've seen it eighty percent reduction. I'm sure that you know in, uh, in, in in certain tests and in certain like situations that's going to work, but I think a lot of people aren't necessarily going to care if it confirms what they already believe.
2: Oh, I think if it says basically in the headline this might be false, that... What the first comment of your friend is going to be, it says right there that this isn't, and, it, that, may, and th- th- that alone will be enough to have people go, you know what, I just don't want to hear people say it, so I'm not going to post it.
1: Um, I, I'd like to think that's how it's going to work. I'm just concerned that it won't. I'm concerned there's going to be people who are like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I mean, how many times I've been in, you know and i stopped doing this because it's 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 proved to be like fruitless where i'll see somebody post something that i know is false and i'm like hey here's a source that says this is false they're like well doesn't matter snopes is fake fact checker's fake politifact is fake so i
2: just well i mean people can get to anybody money can get to anybody so i don't know if those things are fake or not i'd like to think not but i don't know um, I'm sure Snopes has gotten things wrong. They seem like the organization who would go back and clarify and you know issue a retraction. That sounds like Snopes to me, but I don't know that to be true. They say here a Facebook spokesperson told BuzzFeed News that the system begins to demote a story, though, in the news feed after a single fact checker finds it to be false. The label that is applied to the link wants at least two checkers rated as false. And so then it will demote it, but see again they're bas i mean they 're telling you, and you know this they have the right to promote and demote things that they want, and this is I know youtube 's under fire for this right now. I-, I know a lot of conservative people are saying you know that they're they 're driving down like their views and that kind of stuff, and again, do I buy that? Yes, I do. I know that the heads and the CEOs and the guys that run these companies are extremely leftist, and this- they want to do it, of course they 're going to do it. I totally buy that so
1: where 's the counter youtube where 's like the all right YouTube, you guys are too liberal. Facebook, you're too liberal. Where's I think you're making the- it too
2: easy, dude. L- dude, YouTube's owned by Google. Like, what do you mean? Where's the like? So we're we're just gonna get a company out of some dude's garage that's gonna rival YouTube? You're making it way too Isn't easy. Isn't
1: that where Google started? I mean, was just some dude in his garage. Yeah, that but made you're it acting as
2: if where's the counter YouTube? Like they can have it out to you by the end of the weekend. That's so you're talking about a thirty year venture. A
1: video sourcing site, like a video hosting site. I don't. I mean, I think they'd be able to do it. Well,
2: now convince everybody to leave YouTube and use it. Well, you're making it way so too many easy. People,
1: so many people are are, are anti this why, liberal and, movement. And why? And,
2: and why? And why do we have to do that? Why can't the because platform? You, no, hold on. The platform is intended for all users. So why? That's what they want. They want all users. So then why can't we
1: use it equally? You don't. Where, where is, where in the terms and conditions of YouTube is this is an equal? It's equal a public business.
2: Video. It's meant to be used for equal things. That's like a if, restaurant turning people away for being something, right? That's supposed
1: to be an equal business. If I want to say that, like, hey, my restaurant only serves people who are, are are in line with me. I mean, it's not like it's not like conservatism is a protected class. I mean, I'm just saying if I were if
2: if you're gonna run a business. And it's about hits. It's about eyeballs. Don't you want every eyeball
1: or do you not care about certain eyeballs? You think so, but no, some people don't. Some people say like, hey, I'm only serving pizza and I don't care if, pizza, if non-pizza lovers don't come here. If you want burgers, go somewhere else. I just think it's, you know, for a group of people that want to pretend
2: that they're so inclusive. And again, I'll remind you as a left-leaning person, the Democrats are no more inclusive or nice than the Republicans behind closed doors. They just aren't. They just aren't We prove it time and time again We prove it And I think that this is a step forward for Facebook But the problem is is I don't trust Mark Zuckerberg I don't I don't trust the head of Google I don't I know what their agenda is They want to run the world too And nobody that wants to run the world And can get close enough to do it Is good Nobody Evil lives in the heart of all men All of them I don't trust Mark Zuckerberg I don't but I like the effort at least. But it's going to cause problems because they're going to flag some things. They're not going to flag other things. And we're going to find out that the algorithm doesn't really work. And it's not really a th- third party system. It's all going to be dismantled. And eventually, dude, the more stuff, like think about this. We now need ad blockers for stuff being true or false. When are we just going to be like, you know what? Enough is enough. Outside is pretty kick ass. So let me spend my time doing that versus staring into the screen and causing wrecks on Route 30. That's what needs to happen. That's the revolution that needs to happen. Take your life back. Live your life. That's the revolution you need to get behind. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on.
1: Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106
2: Knox 9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106 9. We have a pair of tickets for the House of Horrors up in Akron put on by the ghoul brothers there we'll pass those out here momentarily 1-800-243-7625 the number you'll need on those
1: haunted house season almost over no better night to go than tonight friday the 13th
2: you know what we haven't made mention of that not once today and it's because
1: i just forget about stuff like that i mean like what am i 16 and like dude maybe something scary is gonna happen today like no i don't think so i mean it's friday the 13th right I don't know. I mean, I think. <laughs> Are you worried about Jason coming out after you came No, right now? I mean, well, I don't know. It's supernatural, right? Mrs. I mean, Voorhees, she's going to come out? He could be anywhere. Were you a big fan of those movies? Um, Yeah, I liked all of those era of movies. Those, The Nightmare on Elm Street, like, you know. that. that... What do you think's a better franchise? Um,
2: Probably. A... I mean, I
1: know there's more Fridays, but they went off the rails, yeah, That's what right? I was going to say, is that they, they lost a lot. If I'm going to go franchise versus franchise, I'm probably going to say uh, Nightmare, but if I'm going movie versus movie, I'm probably going to say the first um, uh, Friday the 13th over the first Nightmare on you Elm You think that holds up? Like, if I go home today and watch it today, does that hold up? You're going to have to understand there's going to be cheese on it. I watched the, um... I like things with cheese on it. <laughs> I, um, I watched the... It sounds the, like uh, it's bad. I watched the Wishmaster not too long ago, and I was like, yeah, dude, I really like this scary movie when I was a kid. I don't remember Wishmaster. It was one of those crappy, scary movies from the early 90s, mid-90s, and I watched it, and I was just like, oh my god this is bad so huh. eh, yeah i think you're gonna have to go in there with at least a little bit of what's the scariest nostalgia. movie do you think eh, the scariest movie i don't know what i'm gonna say for the scariest i will say my favorite scary movie as is and always will be scream um it was just the perfect movie at the perfect time where it was like yes this that is movie what I want. is so
2: 90s right and it it does. It sums up that era of movie making, of culture, yep. of yep. everything. That movie does kind of nail the 90s. And
1: it was I was probably came out in like 97, 98, so I was like 14. Rose years McGowan's old. in that. Yep, and I was like and that was just that will always be like what scary movies are supposed to be to me. Yeah, be I, I remember that. Screen.
2: Like that was a thing because isn't she blonde in that movie and like yeah. people kind of freaked out because yeah, Rose yeah. McGowan was blonde in that movie. She was so hot in that movie. What do
1: you uh, what do you got on the scary movie docket over there? Well,
2: I, it's it's hard for me to separate myself from Nightmare on Elm Street because my brother had a date over and like they were going to watch like a VHS copy right. of it and i was just a little kid right. and um I, I was just, I just wanted to be cool and hang out with my older brother and his friends and stuff like that. Right. He just
1: wanted to get her hands on her pants. And yeah. Fat little Stansbury old. Yeah. There. My
2: brother's just trying to get to Finger Town <laughs> and some cheerleader from Chamberlain. You know what I mean? And there I am, like, just just fat jumping, like, no, I don't watch movies. <laughs> and they had a couple of VHS's. So my brother was like, well, you know what? We're just going to watch Nightmare on Elm Street first, figuring that it would scare the crap out of me right. and I would run away. And sure enough, I did. I ran up the steps. I was like, I don't want it, man. And it was, dude, it was terrifying.
1: Um, And it really is. I mean, you look back at that movie and, you know, Freddie has obviously become the hero or at least anti-hero of those movies. And people, you know, dress up like him for Halloween. People will. Which is weird. He was a child them. molester. Exactly, dude. I mean, he was, he was burnt alive for banging kids. And now it's like, no, dude, I'm going to put a tattoo of him you on know, me. Dude,
2: that honestly, that storyline is so if you really think about Nightmare on Elm Street, how edgy that storyline is. And everybody just swallowed that movie yeah, in the 80s sorry, like it was no big remember. deal. I mean, it starts with, like, a, <laughs> damn near a gangbang in the first screen of the movie. <laughs> like, the, there's an orgasm as, like, the first scene in that movie. And then she's, like, dragged all over the ceiling. and the thing, I mean, dude, that movie was
1: crazy edgy. Um, yeah, go back and watch it today, dude. I think that'd be a good, uh, I think that'd be a good Sandsbury afternoon, fall asleep no, in the middle of it, watch. No, uh,
2: no honorable mention about the Halloweens, huh? Um...
1: I don't know. Halloween's are another one of those things that went on for so long. I think I started to like... I mean, like by the time Halloween H2O came out, and I was just like, all right. All right, enough. All right.
2: Which was the one in space? Yeah. Or, or oh, no, Jason that was, was Jason. Yeah, yeah, where he yeah. Like, froze that guy's head and then smashed right. it open on the... That was cool. I, uh... I did like that. What about the... um. Did you see the Freddy vs Jason? That movie? one I
1: did like. That, yeah, I did. I, did I know like Mushroomhead
2: was on the soundtrack of that no, one. I, I remember. I, I remember that soundtrack. It I remember
1: must. everybody in Cleveland was like, "Oh my god, Mushroomhead's on that soundtrack! It's so cool."
2: That movie was pretty cool. I'm just trying to think of some other franchises. Some other the big ones. Yeah, I just. I, I mean, I like horror movies, and and I like scary movies. Um, I'm an easy scare. Um, I think it's hard to make a good one these days. Well,
1: because so many people, what they try to do with scary movies these days is, is try, gore. Well, well, they try to keep it PG-13 where it's like, with one or the other, where you're like making a PG-13 scary movie and Fair. then you can't go far enough or you go over the top with like gore porn where it's just like, oh my God, dude, enough of that. Like, uh, I don't need all of right, this. We're like that true to the heart, like late. 80s early 90s like that 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 goriness of that i feel like that era's or that that section's not represented anymore. i uh
2: i mean the hills have eyes were good that was pretty good i mean i guess i mean again i was watching this thing on spielberg the other day you'd I mean, I don't know if Jaws is necessarily a horror movie, nah. but it was definitely
1: a scary movie for its time. Scary movie, not horror movie, though. I mean, like, yeah, I, it's not a horror movie. The, that that's true. It's the, not a horror movie. The, the, the Exorcist and stuff like that. I mean, those are horror movies. There's plenty of movies where you're a little bit like, ooh, a scared, but I, I can't put that. What about
2: in Poltergeist? Time. Were you a big fan of that?
1: Um, I think I saw it as a kid. I don't. I think I was just too young. It yeah. I think I was just a little too young for that. Um, I uh, yeah, Scream was
2: good. Friday the 13th movies. I mean, the first three of those were real good. Um, the Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I don't even, well, I barely remember the reboot, but I remember thinking like, this isn't as good it as sucks. I want. Yeah. This isn't as good as I wanted it to be. I wonder, you think all that stuff will be
1: on TV tonight? Um, If not on TV, I'm sure Netflix has a decent amount of stuff on right now. I'm sure that like, you know, these, these different streaming organizations know that now is the time for scary movies. So uh, I bet you some of the classic.
2: Child's play and Chucky. Tucker tweets in I was never a big big fan but those movies did seem to scare people
1: I remember I remember I always like kind of thought those were funny like even as a kid like like those Chucky movies I always felt like I was kind of watching like problem child rated R you know what I mean like
2: yeah, that's, a, that's a great analogy because that is what it is. Uh, I, you know, I like the Stephen King stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Pet cemetery and like that kind of stuff, which although pet cemetery does not hold up today. Like you see those pets and stuff like now and it's like, ooh, Oof, one, oh, that's a little cute. rough, which you would think now that it's been kind of redone. Right. That maybe he might be thinking, you know what? There's an opening here. Let's just go up and down my
1: catalog. I mean, it made a ton of money, too. So I'm sure that Stephen King's not just sitting there like, hey, you know what? I've made enough money. No, I'm sure he's thinking that exact same thought of like, yeah, we'll do another one of these. Uh, Somebody's telling me I should watch Cabin in the Woods. Apparently, that was uh, that was really
2: scary. A lot of people saying saw. And I will admit, I saw I I saw saw. I saw the first one and it wasn't in the theater. And my girlfriend Kim at the time came home and said, Hey, I have this movie. She was working on a morning show. I was doing afternoons. And she's like, Hey, she's like, The movie studio sent me this, an, an advanced copy of something. And I said, Okay, because they had no idea Saw was going to be what Saw is. And she's like, I got an advanced copy of something. And they say it's like going to be one of the scariest movies ever or whatever. And it's like, the, you know, the, it's going to be like legendary or whatever. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that's what they always say when they send you the press release. Right. So we put it in and we watched it. And then you get the hook. Like the twist of the movie at the end, and we both just looked at each other on the couch. Was like, I God. never thought of that. And so then we, we we that was the one of the movies that we we stopped it when it was over and watched it
1: immediately again right there in the moment.
2: It is one of those things now where it's like easy, like song, yeah, yeah. But at the moment when that movie came out, it was it, that that took the nation by storm.
1: People sending in some more modern ones: uh, the Grudge, uh, Gerald's Game, the Babadook is 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 awful. I watched it on Netflix, and that movie sucked. I don't know. Any of this stuff. Hey, this is all this is all I think these like these new age, like, hey, dude, you're going to like this one. Um, I, I did not like the Duke, but Gerald's game, I guess, is, is, is one of these in the grudge.
2: People are telling me Hellraiser yeah. um, again, a pretty decent series. Uh, again, this guy saying Matthew saying the Rob Zombie movies were pretty good. And here's the thing. Some of them. House of a Thousand Corpses was pretty good. I liked that movie. The Devil's Rejects. I felt like, oh, great. We're back to the jar one too many times here. It was good. Not great. And honestly, I did not care for his Halloweens. I'm not going to go hyperbole and tell you that they sucked or they were the worst scary movies of all time. But I watched both those Halloween movies and I went, uh, uh, okay,
1: like I didn't think they were great. Um, Another Rob Zombie movie. I think it was uh, Lords of Salem or Witches of Salem Which, or something, something like that. Something I did not see that. That one, one was okay. Didn't see. It. It, was, it was pretty good. Um, The thing I'll tell you that you might, or the reason you might want to watch it is because radio plays a big part of it. Like Sherry Zombie is a radio show host. So it's really? a lot. So it's a lot of like stuff where I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 that's my job. I know that. So like. And I, I wish don't... somebody would come in here and
2: kill me because <laughs> I work at Rock 106. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Gordon Ramsay is
2: exposing a huge problem with the restaurant industry. We'll ask Fantone, who's worked in every restaurant in every state in in this entire country, whether or not this is true or not. Find out next on Rock 106.9.
1: The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys.
2: 106.9. Welcome back to the program. We'll pass out those House of Horror tickets here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you need on those. We're also online for you at WRQK.com. Gordon Ramsey's a guy I uh, I've always really enjoyed. Um I find some of his show, I don't watch a lot of his stuff anymore, but early on, like the F-word and like all that kind of stuff I was into. And
1: yeah, once he did his thing, it was like, all right, hey, in the beginning it's cool, and now I just know he's putting on, so it's like whatever.
2: Well, I'm just surprised, like, he hasn't been a target of the oh my god, look, he screams in women's faces when he, he's on TV. He's a sexist, he's this. I can't believe. They've never run him through the ringer on that kind of stuff, but they don't. But he's been in the restaurant industry since the 80s, and he's doing like an expose now on what he's calling the restaurant industry's dirty little secret. And I was interested to get your take on this because Fantone's worked in a million restaurants. And so he's doing a new documentary, and it's called Gordon Ramsay on Cocaine. It says the cocaine epidemic is the industry's dirty little secret. He travels to Columbia to explore the drug-making process. And he says, I've cooked some serious things in my life. Nothing quite like this, uh, obviously, though.
1: Or did he go to Columbia to do a bunch of blow? Yeah. Okay, Gordon. He
2: says here in the series, he also meets with the drug smugglers responsible for transporting the problem. And according to Ramsey, he says the drug is so prevalent in the industry that he's found cocaine traces in 30 of his 31 restaurants around the world. Now, I thought, to, when I read that yesterday, I was not surprised that it was 30 out of 31. I was surprised it wasn't 31 out of 31. Having worked in restaurants and know people who, who have and still do, the, do cooks... For whatever reason, I don't know what it is, some, some industries gravitate towards drugs, and restaurant workers totally gravitate towards drugs. They just do. I think it's something with the experimenting of food, much like a musician is like, ah, eh, let me give you some drugs, try some weird things, see what comes out. I think much like mixing flavors and the stuff together, I think it totally goes hand in hand. What I got shocked by this, Fantone, is that he's not claiming it's his staff. He's saying the customer base is so cocaine-crazed in, like, the high-end food industry that he's at. Like, people have boldly asked him, hey, will you infuse some blow into the icing that's going to be on this thing you're bringing what? out? And I don't get that what? because you can make marijuana digestible with food and get high on it. I'm not sure. I don't know, but I would think you probably can't do that with cocaine, No, right? dude. You're
1: going to kill yourself eating cocaine. That's ridiculous. Do not, I repeat, do not eat cocaine. That's That's terrible. Terrible advice. Now you know what let's
2: go with this one, dude. I wouldn't snort it either. It's no, not, it's not no. really the, it's not really the best activity for you.
1: It is not a healthy decision if you're out there like, man, should I should I not do cocaine today? Stan's ratio recommends no, dude. You don't want to be a Miami Dolphins football coach. Oh yeah, the big grains falling out there, babe, but I still love you, you black hooker. Let me snort let me something off Jeez. your ass. Just adding words. Just well, I mean, like it wasn't that much of a stretch <laughs> so, there. I don't think that this but
2: again, I don't think him finding cocaine traces in his restaurants. Is about the customers. I think it's about the
1: staff. Um, a little column A, a little column B. There, oh, cocaine. Yeah, sure, is, okay, co- cocaine is a rich man's drug. There's no doubt about it. It's not like, I mean, there's a reason why crack is in the ghetto and that cocaine is in the suburbs. You know what I'm saying? Now, at least the stereotype. There's also a reason why the laws are different nowadays. Nowadays, I mean, certainly there's probably more intermingling of like people where they're doing stuff. Um, but I don't even know if you could call this a dirty little secret. Like I, I mean, from, well, again, man, you have way more experience. Dude. A lot
2: of people listening to us right now have never worked in a restaurant. If
1: you don't think that you're or like, in, as far as your waiter goes, let's say you're going to a restaurant. Here we go. There's a decent, and I mean, probably over 50% chance that your waiter is either stoned on weed or on coke. I feel like those were two very commonplace things to be happening when I was a waiter. As far as the people who are handling your food, dude, that's all bets are off. People that work in the kitchen, all bets are off on the drugs you're doing, and there's a fryside cook right now shaking his head like, "Hell like, yep. yeah, dude, we got the best lead, weed- or we got the best drugs here." And now the
2: smart fryside cook is like, "Shut up, dude! Shut up,
1: <laughs> shut up! Shut up, man!" No, but it doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. The managers know, the owners know, the people know all of this stuff. It, yeah. it doesn't. That's why there's no drug testing in restaurants. And as far as like, why do restaurant would employees you think
2: about how sick you can make somebody? Like, the, honestly, it is weird where America draws the line on the drug testing thing.
1: But because, but because if you drug tested restaurant employees, you would no. longer... Longer have employees and you would no longer have your restaurant. So that's where it is. It's that we can't we can't draw that much of a line because nobody's going to do and this is a big part of the reason why drug or why restaurant employees gravitate towards drugs and gravitate towards drinking and, and that social scene of going out is because it's a tedious, hard job. Now, is it the most like mind-numbing job? Like do you have to be the smartest person in the world to do it? No, not necessarily. Ah, uh, it's a skill set though. FaceTiming people for that long every day is tough. Oh, and I I'm saying if you're back in the kitchen. Oh, okay, all right. You're back there. You're back there in the kitchen. You're doing, you know, prep work or you're doing fry side or anything like that. Those are tough jobs. They really are. And I know people are like, "Well, they don't deserve $50 an hour." But those are tough jobs and they do gravitate like that monotony that that same thing day after day after day, well, especially in stress.
2: high high-end restaurants you're there early in the morning, getting that menu ready and getting, you know what I mean? What are we making tonight? I mean, it's not like I know a lot of the two for 25 places are like, you know, open up the microwave slam it in there, but what Gordon Ramsey does isn't that.
1: Even, dude, I mean, even if you're slinging two for 20s, dude, you're out there, your back hurts, you've been working hard, it's 100 degrees, you don't get a break, you're not making enough money, you know, you've got three kids, one of them you're paying child support on I mean, and maybe just... if it
2: starts to stop snorting blow, you'd be making <laughs> enough money.
1: But at no time in my life, and God knows I've worked in radio for the past ten years. At no time in my life did I have more of an issue with drugs than I did working in restaurants. It was always available to me. It was always there. Being
2: done on the job oh, right in front of dude, you. I can oh, yeah.
1: I can just remember just being like a like, damn, dude, I am ridiculously high right now. And going out there and being like, hey, my name's Matt. I'll be I'll be taking care of you guys today. Um a thing about it is too, is you often get drug dealers within restaurants. They know number one, there's an audience there. It's a good
2: second job they, to throw people right. off. Off the trail of like, where's all that money well, come and from? And you
1: have a built-in, a built-in clientele, clientele. And though that clientele, those waiters and waitresses get cash money every day. There is nothing worse for a drug addict than being handed money, cash money every day, because it's like, yeah, dude, upload this one fifty on coke right now. Who cares? I'll make this money back tomorrow. Let's snort it out in the bathroom.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen, I've seen enough bartenders in my life, having been a bartender, which, by the way, I'll be in the bar tomorrow night at the Agora. Um, I, I've seen enough bartenders in my day as their second job. They're coming into their second job that night, and they're just like, dude, I just need to blow these something. three rails down I just to get me to through this. Yeah, and I have a guy saying this, too. He's like, I don't really get all the hype on the cocaine. There's, most of the kids today are on Adderall, which is just as bad in his opinion. And I would agree. I mean, dude, Adderall essentially is cocaine in pill form. I mean, dude, that stuff... Yeah. That yeah. stuff I mean dude it's it it's pretty i mean, dude I dated a girl that was severely addicted to Adderall had to, dude she'd wake up in the morning and would take three of them before she'd get out of bed Jeez. at the at, at the sharp time of one PM. Jeez.
1: Um, yeah. I, I, I I'm sure restaurant employees across the across the Greater Stark County region right now are agreeing with me. This does not feel like a secret to me. One of the things, and you've said this before, is that like if you're new into a town, if you are staying the night somewhere, ask, for the business, bus boy. ask a restaurant employee, ask the bartender, in ask v- the bus boy, it- ask somebody. In Vegas, it's the valets.
2: Right. You yeah, you ask a dude every time I've ever been to Vegas, like in my early twenties when my brother first moved there, it was like, dude. Just ask the valet. He's going to find you anything you want. Yeah, absolutely. Restaurant people are, are totally into that. That's why I'm saying I don't think this is customers is where he's finding the traces of cocaine. I think it's his staff, and he's making it sound like it's us, so, it, so nobody says, well, maybe you should shut down 30 of your restaurants until you can get those drug addicts under control. But, I again, I think, dude, of course, I don't know why we, people would be shocked to find out chefs are going to experiment with drugs. Right? You ever get high and you're like, dude, Doritos on well, a sandwich. Well, <laughs> right? but... I mean, how do you think Fritos ended up on a sandwich at
1: Subway by sober people? But the concern is, it's not just like, oh, Come dude, on. my sandwich artist is stoned. It's, is my employee on hard drugs right now?
2: Well, that's a different thing.
1: I mean, you're not just sitting there twacking out lines, like, thinking to yourself, boy, if I took a a, 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 a balsamic reduction sauce and put it a salmon drizzle or drizzle on a sandwich." Well, no, that's salmon, more weed than coke. Right. I would agree. I would right. agree. No, you're it, just like, oh, my God, I need a cigarette. I'm going to clean everything in my house. I want to bang, but I can't.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that is true. When cocaine and sex. It's like you pick one.
1: <laughs> you're not getting both.
2: You're not getting both. We have a pair of tickets for the House of Horrors. Let's pass those out. We'll take all our 25 right now 1 800 243 7625. The number you need on those, and remember it because you're going to need them for Vince Neal tickets next on Rock 1069.
1: The Stansbury Show. That guy
2: knows how to party. Rock 1069. Hey, guys, you got Stansbury here for the Wake Up. Nine. Welcome back to the CS Bray Show on Rock 1069. We're both in Friday mode right now, buddy. Like we can see we can see the finish line. Two left? <laughs> we can see it. We both got we both got caught daydreaming there for a minute. I apologize on that. It's all right. We still have a pair of tickets for Vince Neal. We'll pass those out here momentarily. one 800 243 7625 on those. Uh, online right now at WRQK.com. Is And again, I posted something the other day, and I was like, graphic, and people like got on me about it, right? So I had to clear posting this video with my like web advisor here at iHeartMedia. And I said, I want to clear this with you before I post it. Because the woman in the video is topless, but it's like blurred out. Okay. And so he was like, just put not safe for work in front of of it, and then that should be good enough for us, right? Okay. And I was like, all right. So the woman's like topless, okay? And she's hanging out. Of the window of the car. I believe this was in the Dominican. And they're like flying down the street. I'm imagining she's hammered. They're like flying down the street. And they hit a pole. And the woman dies like instantly. Like she smacked her head on the pole. Now, it looks like she would have been really good looking before this happened. But
1: lot less good looking once your nugget goes ping off a light post.
2: Yeah, that's not good. That is not good.
1: The video's online for you, WRQK.com.
2: I admit it's not, not the easiest thing in the world to see, but it is online for you. Don't call
1: graphic. No, no, no. Do no. not say it's graphic. No. Okay.
2: Kevin Hogan says he's ready to go Sunday, buddy.
1: Okay. <laughs> he is. <He's, laughs> All right. No, he's saying, go.
2: He's saying, look, man. He's like, I got a bunch of starts underneath my belt at Stanford. And when they put me in after the second half of the game the other day, it felt like just being back in college for me. And he's like, I'm going to work my butt off all week. And so my guys in my locker room are going to realize I can rely on this guy and that we can trust him to lead us into battle. And he claims I'm going to be just fine.
1: Um well I mean of course you're going to have that mindset and like that's what you as an individual have to do and I I I uh, will Pat Kevin Hogan on the back and say you know brother get out there and and and, and rip that shirt off Hulkamaniac style and get it done but the thing is is like dude you Kevin Hogan are not enough to will this team to a win. You're not Tom Brady and you're not going to be able to put, you know, you're not going to be able to LeBron James it and throw the entire team on your back and carry them uphill. No, you will not. There's dead weight all over that field. And if you think for one second, I mean, how many, how many games has Kevin Hogan started in the, in the NFL? That's Zero? a good question. Yeah. I don't, Zero?
2: I don't think so, right? So
1: like I don't know how you think that you're going to be the dude who comes out here with zero starts under your belt, with zero offensive weapons, with a running game that is anemic at best and a, a special teams game that is laughable at best. Um I don't know how you think you're going to come out here and just like, yeah, I'm the guy. I'll dude, I'll Aaron Rodgers it. Dude, I'll Tom Brady it. Yeah, I mean no, you like, got, you're not.
2: You don't have very many weapons. But you gotta say it. Yeah, I mean, he can't come out and be like, I'm screwed. I don't know what I'm going to do. I uh Now, again, I know people are going to get all mad, but. Now, I had said, dude, maybe a call cap, right? I mean, maybe. Now, no. I said earlier in the season where I thought the best place to put him, by the way, and this is before all the troubles. I said, put him in New York. He got Odell Beckham Jr., which who you don't now know. I, no, I believe you he broke his yeah. leg now. But I said he'll scramble around. The offensive line's no good. He'll extend plays. Odell will make catches. Eli's been horrible. Like, my idea wouldn't have been bad before, before Odell got hurt. But at this point, like, I mean, if Hogan, let's say Hogan falters. Okay. Which isn't crazy to Not assume that close. that will happen.
1: I think it's reasonable to think.
2: Then... I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you're only six games into the season at that
1: point. Like you got well, 10 to go. Like, did I mean, right. Are you going back to the Deshaun Kaiser experiment or are we agreeing that that's over? Because how well, do you do I that? I
2: didn't at first, but you're kind of getting
1: me on it now. Uh, how do you do that? I mean, you've absolutely crushed the kid's confidence. And for him to say, for you as the head coach to say, Deshaun, Give me the ball. We're sitting you down. Okay. That's a tough conversation to have, but how do you go back to him and say, Deshaun, here's the ball. Kevin Hogan sucked even worse than you. I mean, pros have been benched and brought back before, right? I Um, mean, this is not uncharted territory. I don't think it's uncharted, but at the same time on a rookie quarterback on the worst team in the NFL, that probably is uncharted territory. And how do you, if you're Deshaun Kaiser, how do you go out there with any confidence, with any faith in your abilities? You sure you're going to say the right things because we all say the right things, but you know, in your your heart of hearts that you didn't have what it took to get it done on the Cleveland Browns. There's no... I mean, that shakes you. It has to.
2: I'm being asked what my, uh, what my NFL bet of the week I like is. I'll be honest with you. There's not a bet I love this week. Um, I will probably bet the Rams getting two and a half from Jacksonville at Jacksonville. I will probably bet that game. Um... Oh, my God. Pittsburgh's getting four at Kansas City. I don't think Pittsburgh's as bad as they were last week. Kansas City's been on a monster run. They probably win, but can Ben keep it close? I mean, he threw five picks last week. I doubt Ben's going to be that bad. Yeah, you're not gonna
1: repeat that performance.
2: That game might I might wager some money on Pittsburgh to cover the four.
1: That's another team with shook confidence as the Steelers. They have to right now and you just That not locker room's were. a mess. You're not who you were. That that seems smart to me. I mean that doesn't seem like a terrible pick air.
2: New England can't stop a single person. They're giving the Jets nine and a half at New York.
1: Uh, I wouldn't touch that. I wouldn't.
2: Dude, their defense is just too shaky right now. Normally, you give me Brady in and that and against the Jets. I'd like Brady to cover, but their defense is just too sloppy. So I'll probably double all my money down on the Rams getting two and a half on the road at Jacksonville. That's probably the NFL bet this week that I will, in fact, make. Interesting. I mean, I, I want to see what happens with Kevin Hogan. I really do. I um, I, I I say that, but I think by the end of the first quarter, I probably shut it off. Right. Right.
1: You're gonna. I mean, you got to think at this point, And when you bring up Kaepernick and whether that's the that's the move to make, we're talking about token wins now. We're talking about wins that genuinely don't matter. And it's like what. Now, I say that, but to but to Hugh Jackson they have to matter. I mean to the to the franchise. They're not they talking to him. To They're talking right. to you and I. They're right. not talking to him. Right. So like, I mean, if you bring in somebody and Kevin Hogan fails, and you bring in somebody, Kaepernick or otherwise, and it's two, three extra wins and you're just taking yourself out of a better draft pick, I mean I know nobody wants to start talking about the draft next year, but like what else do the Browns have to plan for?
2: I don't know, the Mayflower trucks to take him to Baltimore. <laughs> Everybody hates when I make that joke. I don't want to see the Browns go anywhere. No. You know where I want to see the Browns go? Where? The end zone. Okay. (laughs) I want to see them go into the end zone, but they never do it. An album I grew up loving by a band I absolutely love. Kiss, obviously, one of my all-time favorite bands. One of their albums turned 35 years old today. I'll play you a smash hit off of it next, and then we'll get you hooked up with those Vince Neal tickets to end the program on The Stansbury
1: Show. Dan Stansberry. And his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 101069.
0: 10- 106- and all I gotta say is it's Friday. And everybody help me say the sinner's prayer. Say Oh God. Oh my night. Clint Parker. Melinda Brown. Duncan, Baby. Kick the dust up. <laughs> if if he were habitual homosexuals then by all means, take a hike. I thought I liked women! Women, 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 women! And here he is, having the time of his life. <laughs> There's those big brains ah! Ah! It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. I've said that if... Melinda! Bro, Duncan, baby If it weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her But you he gotta eat the booty like groceries You gonna die doing this, dumbass yeah, yeah. You f***ing fool Open your mouth so I can give you this milk Open your f***ing mouth, man I Gotta do you like my two-year-old baby The truth of the matter is you were not a good baby well you ain't seen nothing my friend until you have a flame coming out of your butthole and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants you ain't seen nothing yet and i don't know nothing about it but i learned quick fast and hurt Uh, nobody's ever accused me of pulling any weapon on them what
1: you told me to leave while i'm in my order while you're making out with that slut.
0: being in the industry with how much your take on your face?
1: It's funny to hear female talk about <laughs>
2: Most of my sex took place on camera. Oh my
0: god! <laughs> this is terrible. This is terrible. I'm 46 years old. You know, bring your key hanger anywhere. I have to take off my shoes. So kiss my
2: black Hey, hold the presses. We just got some breaking news. How about me going to a meeting and doing this before I go? <laughs> And welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. What a weird place to end that Friday audio reel, buddy. The sounds of it, dude. I'm just
1: like, man, I know what that sound is.
2: You guy's got nostrils on him, man. He's <sighs> pretty powerful, that guy. Terrible. And without a job now. No. And without a job now. Much like us, probably soon here. Oh, no, we're not snorting coke on the board. No, we are not. Would never do it.
1: It's not the 1980s, people. Calm down. No, it is not. Calm down. No, it is not.
2: If you missed anything from this morning's show, you can podcast it shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. Fantone, so, uh, dude, it's your woman's birthday. Big plans? Are you guys yeah. going out? Like, What's
1: going on? Um, what's happening? Well, she's got the day off work, so as soon as I get wrapped up here at the Rock Mother...
2: Oh, a little afternoon Dwight.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we're going to go out to lunch and do that whole thing. Um, she said she wanted to go shopping for her birthday present. I was like, well, no, what do you want? Like, I'll go get it and da 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 And she was like, no, just take me shopping and buy me stuff. And I was like, okay, we can do that. So I'm assuming um a trip to uh Belden Village Mall is in the uh, is in the afternoon plans for oh, her. Nice little soft pretzel. Um and then uh going out with her parents later in the afternoon and probably getting drunk and having sex after that. So pretty exciting stuff for the birthday. Not the worst day. Not not the worst
2: at all. What do you got lined up for the weekend? What's the story? <sighs> Nothing, man. I uh <clears throat> I spent a lot of money this week, okay, and stuff I needed like you know some of it was bills i right. you know i I booked my flight to Vegas for Christmas right. yesterday that you know I mean I got a pretty good deal on it it was under four hundred, but still it 's like you don 't want to spend that much money, so i 'm going to try to like keep it under control tonight, okay. not do much i 'm um, okay. working at the agora tomorrow night, so i 'll be up there for that, and then sunday i 'm going to watch the browns game, and if weather permitting if it 's somewhat decent uh, Sunday once the Browns are down fourteen in the first quarter. I'll probably run out and play a round of golf. I mean, that's uh, I haven't played in about a week. Yeah, I was, I was gonna, gonna
1: say you swore it off for a week. I
2: did. Yeah. Okay. I um. I and so I did. I hit my buddy up this morning. I was like, "Yo, man, it's been almost a week. It's not quite a week." I was like, "But if you get out of work early enough today, I would play." All right. And so I'm waiting to see if Seth wants to do that. Um, we do have uh, we have Vince Neal tickets. You betcha,
1: we do, buddy.
2: Well, let's pass out Vince Neal tickets before we end the program. Let's do that. We'll take caller twenty-five one eight hundred two four three. 7625 on those. Aside from that, we're done for the week. Be back at it live 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. That will be Monday. You guys have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe.
1: See ya. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.
2: Hey, guys, you got Sandsbury here, morning host of Rock 1069 and also Animal Lover. And so are my friends over at Wakeham Subaru. October is Subaru Loves Pets Month. So Wakeham Subaru has teamed up with Second Chance for Animals. Second Chance for Animals is a shelter that is currently at full capacity. So they're asking for donations to assist them. So all month long at Wakeham Subaru on the Wakeham Auto Mile at West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin, you can drop off four Second Chance for Animals, some food dishes, some food itself, pet toys, collars and leashes, those types of stuff, and And then on the 21st of October, Second Chance for Animals will be on site at Wakeham Subaru for an on site pet adoption event. So if you're thinking about picking up a new forever friend, let's do it together at Wakeham Subaru on October the 21st. Second Chance for Animals will be out there with pets on site that you can adopt and take home that day. For more information, you can always find it at Wakeham.com. That is Wakeham, W-A-I-K-E-M dot com.